Morning! This is The Economy Guy by Tom Harvey. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics. And this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them. And occasionally, my opinion. I want this to be educational for yourself so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy. Welcome. Sunday, June 28, and this is The Economy Guy. Today, we're going to cover some new news that's coming out on the recession that we're in. Interesting interesting information. Going to cover the markets, what's happening there quickly, have some oddball news, which is fun and important, and then a special on the virus, just for your sake. So, let's get on to our recession. What's happening there? Little history, the past, the present, and the future. In the past, well, it started back in February or March. And it looks like it bottomed out, and then we started coming out of it in April and May. That's our recession timing. But, and it's a big but, this recession is different than we've ever had before. You see, the U.S. economy today is a service sector economy. It is not an agricultural economy. It is not a factory economy. That's our past, not our present. So when you hear people talking about a V-shaped recovery, those economic models from the smart people that are out there are using the old data rather than the current service sector data. So don't believe them. We're in a recession and an economy that we have not been in before. So what happened when the virus hit? Well, the service sector people stayed home. So no production in the service sector, no production in the United States. A big loss of supply. And what does that cause? It causes a huge high unemployment, and it causes a great drop in the GDP. That's exactly what happened. Exactly. Then we had big government intervention. Money coming from helicopters. There were so many helicopters in the sky that you could not see the sun. So what did people do with all that money that hit them in the head? They started to save. Well, sort of. The savings rate in April was 32%, unheard of in the United States. In May, it was 23%, unheard of in the United States. Massive numbers, big savings. Now, this savings that was savings would previously have been spent on restaurants and hotels the service sector. So the service sector is getting clobbered. But all savings are not equal, as we say in Animal Farm. So who saves? Who saves? The rich saved. They cut their spending the most. The rich did. The non-rich people in the United States spent Let me give you an example. The result in New York City in the Upper East Side, that's a rich area, had the biggest drop in their shops in the economy. They are are really suffering up, up there. Whereas in Harlem or the South Bronx, they are relatively, relatively unscathed, commercially speaking. People are out spending in those shops. 
So, did you know that half of the spending decline comes from the top 20% of the income people? Yes, so the rich are not spending. The poor are spending. So now what happens? What's the future look like? Government support is uh, stopping soon. All of those programs, that's not good. We may get some more in September. That's kind of the rumor going on, or we may not. Those helicopters may take off again. But if they don't, there's a lot of people that are not going to have a lot of money. Spending won't happen until people feel safe, actually. When people can feel safe going out anywhere and start spending like they did before, then spending will happen. And that's the best-case scenario. By the end of the year, the best-case scenario is we'll get 90% of our economy back. Wow, that is a disaster. But that's the way it is. It could be a lot worse. Right now, we're having a second wave, it appears, in a few states. And that's scaring a lot of people. That's not feeling safe. So it could get worse. We will see. 90% best case. Next up, you're going to hear about the markets. What's happening with our markets? They're going sideways. They're stuck in a rut. Hey, we little The stock markets went down a little bit this week because of the virus scare that's going on. But basically, it's a sideways. All the markets are going sideways. That's the plan of the Fed. Now, I've said the stocks are overvalued and uh, because they have the same value now as they had before the uh, virus hit, right? And uh, But earnings have been hit hard, so you'd expect stock prices to go down. That's the logic of it. Now, I've had numbers and calculations that have, I've seen for the first time and that is there's an index that has earnings per share for all the shares in the United States. And the index before, in January of 2020, was 179, that index. That was before the virus. The index today is 127. That's down 29%. But the value of the shares is roughly the same, right? That means that shares are overvalued by 35% right now. And I've never seen that calculation before. I think it's fascinating and interesting. That's why I'm saying it. And it's interesting to see this index come out. And that's coming from authoritative sources on uh, Wall Street. Okay, and when, the last thing to talk about about the markets is gold. Now, gold was above a, a resistance point. Important. Point out these things. Which was 1750. And it stayed up above 1750 basically all week. It stayed up there. Fantastic. Well, what's the future of gold hold? Well, it can go up or down, right? Up, the next resistance level is 1,800. If it uh, breaks above 1,800, there's nothing nothing stopping it from testing the, the peak in the past, 1920. There's nothing in between in, from a technical viewpoint. But I think it's going to go down because that's the history of gold. It goes up, makes new highs, comes back down again, tests the lows. The, 18, the 1,750 resistance level is... Now a support level because it's above it. So it'll test 1750 for sure. I think it'll break through it. It'll then go down to the next support level, which is 1700 or 1680 to 1700, kind of a range in there. I believe it will test that too. It will definitely go down there. Now, will it break through that? It might. It might not. I think it'll bounce off of that and come back up. Then it's going to come back and test the 1800. 
uh, again. That's gold today, and it is uh, an exciting play. It's one of the uh, the big uh, the big things going on, right? I mean, last year gold went up 18%. This year, is gold so far is up 16%. Wow, good good stuff. Whereas markets are the same and should be lower. So next, let's hit the oddball news. Ball news. Fun stuff. Jobless claims are going sideways. They have for the last three weeks. And I predicted that. Everybody seems to be surprised that that's happening when you read the papers. But that's not, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to continue going sideways for a little bit longer. Continuing claims, that's the number of people, the total number of people, is going down slightly. It's This is still a big problem, and that's the only way to interpret this data. Don't get caught up in the hype of the jobless claims. Just Basically, ignore it. Understand that it's saying we have a big problem. U.S. housing prices, the next item. Did you know that U.S. housing prices in April were up 5.5% over the year, April of 2019? That's huge, huge, huge. Will it continue? Who knows? I'm difficult to predict the future, isn't it? Well, what if the uh, lack of employment that people are having... Uh, causes them to sell their homes. Well, that wouldn't be good. Okay, but who knows? I mean, who knows? So far, the housing market is a bright, bright star in our economy. The Fed, did you know that they stress test our big banks in the United States? And you know what's even more exciting? All those banks passed. Oh, so you're supposed to feel good about their banks. They're not going to fail. They're not. You're not going to lose your money. You're not going to close their doors. But, there's always a but, you know, when the Fed does something. Some of those banks, they won't tell you which ones, some of those banks have to resubmit their capital plans this year so the Fed can re-review them. That says that uh, they pass, but uh, they have some questions. Hmm. Okay, next. Interest rates. The cost of borrowing to big corporations is the lowest Ever. Red flag, red flag, red flag on the field. Big problem. That is not good for our economy. Did you know that, uh, and there's a measure of it, the interest rate, the average interest rate for corporations is now 2.2% for, for borrowing funds. Wow. Thank you, Fred. That's very nice. Well, let's see. Oh, here's an interesting little tidbit. S&P 500 shares. S&P is a big deal in the United States, right? Did you know, if you look at the value, how much is the, where does the value come from for the total dollar value of the S&P 500? A quarter of it comes from six shares called the FANG, which are all the tech shares, you know, Facebook and Google, all those things. Um, isn't that great? I mean, it's good because it kept the S&P 500 high. For those of you who are investing in the S&P 500, that's great. That's the good side. It's also the other side of that sword is if they go down, the S&P falls very quickly. Watch that spot. I hope they stay up. I think they will. The Fed is pushing money in there. Let's change to the world. Singapore is having elections on July the 10th, new presidential elections. The current president, Lee, who happens to be the son of Lee Kuan Yew, who was the father of Singapore, is running. Uh, so for another term. 
And interestingly enough, his opposition is another son, Lee, is supporting a different party. Uh, there's a unhappiness in the family. But uh, Singapore is a family business, clearly, and uh, is probably the best-run country in the world, my opinion. Okay, this is the important oddball news. The Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, or the INF. Have you heard of that one? I mean, way back in the back of your memory, remember that? Ah, yeah, guess what? It's going to expire of February 2021. This coming February, it's going to expire. It's a treaty between the United States and Russia, and it limits the number of uh, H-bombs to about 1,500 each. Well, exactly 1,500 each. Well, so there's talks to try to renew it. Guess what? Russia wants to renew it. That's good. The United States would like to renew it too, but the United States wants China to be included in the new treaty. China's not interested in being in the new treaty. So since February is just around the corner, I kind of suspect there will not be an agreement on this at all. And if there's no deal, then all nations, the United States, Russia, China, and anybody else who can make an H-bomb can make as many as they want. That's the end of the oddball news. special report on the virus. What's going on? Well, we have a resurgence of of virus going on in the United States, according to the press. Did you know there are about 30,000 new cases of the virus found every day in the United States? That compares to the EU, about the same as the United States in size, where there's only 3,000. 30,000 in the United States, 3,000 in Europe. Interesting comparison. Interesting comparison, just by itself. The statistics, the number of new cases, my opinion, is very flaky. And it's used as a scare tactic by the press, just to keep you going. So there's a big political overtone on this statistic. Therefore, question mark, always. Why is it flaky? Well, assume that there's a uniform distribution of infected and non-infected people in in the population, right? So you have more testing, because we haven't tested everybody. We're far from testing everybody. More testing finds more cases, because there's more of it out there. I mean, it's as simple as that. You see, the real question is, is the percentage of the population currently infected going up or going down? Is that percentage going up or down? Nobody ever asked that question. You never see it quoted. It's never reported. It must, it's probably impossible to determine. Also, we just don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody can answer that, but that's the real question. What, how do you get there? You need to have complete testing. That appears to be impossible right now. What Are there better measures out there than the number of newly infected people? I think so. Like the number of deaths attributed to the virus. The number of people going into ICU due to the virus number of people admitted to hospital due to the virus. And let's hope that any of those three numbers that they're not cheating, which they have, and all three numbers in the past. So I always have a question mark when I see those, but those have to be better numbers than the new people, people, new people with the virus. Now, the only data I've seen that seems uh, reasonably uh, good to me is that the median age of newly infected people is going down. In other words, younger people are catching it now rather than older people. It was going up, now it's going down. So maybe the younger people are out partying. I don't know. I hope they're having fun. Anyway, stay tuned. Uh, Stay healthy 
Uh, that's really the, the message for the virus. Stay healthy. Do the right thing for the virus. Do it for yourself, for your family. Don't catch it under any circumstances. Be seeing you in a week, folks. This is The Economy Guy. Thanks for joining me. And be sure to hit the subscribe button to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor myself, not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market, and that I disclaim any responsibility from any negative effects of decisions made by people.